Hey, and welcome to this week's show. I'm really excited. I'm going to do something fairly different this week. I'm going to be working with a gentleman who I know reasonably well, who has been in business and been working part-time and is now looking at growing their business. And one of the things I wanted to do was reverse engineer what I know about building businesses so that they run independently from you, so that you work way less and earn more. Um, so that this particular gentleman, his name's Steve, doesn't make the mistakes that most business owners make, which is building themselves into their business. So that's of interest to you, watch on. Welcome, Steve, how are you going? Good, thanks, Perry. Yeah, glad to be here and uh, looking forward to our, our chat today. Yeah, yeah very excited. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to helping you as much as I can. And I've got uh, my head business coach on here, Brian Goodeve. Brian, welcome. Thank you, Perry. Hi, Steve. Hey, Brian, how are you going? I'm going really good, thank you. Okay, so what is it that you're looking at attempting Steve, what is it you want to do? What's the vision for your new business or the next developmental phase for your business? Well, the ultimate vision of the business uh, is my, my, my mantra is health, wealth, and location freedom. Yep. So essentially what I want for my business is not to be tied up on a day-to-day -day level of having to be you know, seeing people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but initially... Uh, the overview of it is coaching, um, life and leadership, so basically self-leadership, so life and leadership coaching. Aha. Okay, great. Oh, we're going to have some fun with this. Um, mm. Yep. Okay. So the first thing, now we won't go to Avatar yet because uh, I can really bring some insight here that will really help you, I believe. Um, just share a little bit about your background and, and your skill set. Sure. So I've um, been a Qigong practitioner. Qigong, in case for those of you that don't know, is Qi is energy and Gong means work. So think of something like Tai Chi. I've been doing that for the last sort of almost 20 years uh, as a practitioner, then also as an instructor. I had my own, um, you know, I used to run classes, regular classes, which were <laughs> just led to burnout, really, um, <clears throat> a few years back. And then since then, I got involved with coaching life coaching and had my own business doing that and, and sort of doing one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, again very much time poor in that space then the last four years I've, I've kind of switched my coaching focus into the mental health field and I've been a mental health coach in that space kind of working you know again hourly rate type stuff but really glean some skills working with groups of people going through some very severe and persistent mental illness. So it's been a beautiful time of growth and learning. Uh, and essentially, you know, alongside that, I've been a musician for many years. And one of my key uh, joys that gives me energy is presenting and you know, being out in front of people. Um, and I've naturally been a teacher all of my life. So they're kind of my core skills. And uh, I'm looking to combine all of that to, to uh, Let's see if I can play my part in changing the world for a better place. Why do you like coaching? 
what is it about coaching and teaching that you you love? I love seeing, uh, I can see people's potential and I love the exploration that coaching gives to sort of uncover or allow the person to uncover their potential and move forward and, you know, basically live their dreams. In the mental health field especially, I've recognized that a fair amount of the participants I've worked with, a lot of their problems have come from unrealized callings and that is, you know, it's a tragedy really. So I want to, you know, as much as possible, live my calling, helping other people live their callings. And I think that would make the world a much nicer place as well. Okay. So, and why do you like, like the Qigong? And obviously, you know, I have a background with some of the Taoist martial arts and Qigong. That was my mm. many years training and that stuff. But why do you love that? Uh, it's, it's, Again, it's multifaceted, but essentially the power is in your own hands, uh, kind of literally. But, um, you know, it's something that I can do that gives me peace, tranquility. It allows me to have a certain level of, of power. I mean, when I t- do it in a martial sense, there's a, an inner power that I can use in that space. It's, a, it's an awesome tool for, for growing, you know, physical, mental, emotional awareness. Um, and it's, well, it just gives me, you know, I haven't been, to, haven't, haven't had to go to the doctor in 20 odd years. So, in fact, yeah. I don't even have a, a Medicare card. I've been in Australia for about that time. I had, didn't bother getting a Medicare card yet. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah Self empowerment, really. Right. Right. Okay. So again, you know, you can see your skill set, as you've quite rightly pointed out. Your skill set. It's certainly the coaching works very interpersonal um, and one-on-one is where you're going to get your clients the biggest breakthroughs. But in many mm. ways, as you know, one-on-ones isn't a good business model. So no, no, time uh, uh, yeah, time poor. Now you've already identified um, getting people into their calling. So that's a really important thing, a really, really important mm. thing. And just so those that are listening, I'm just going to clarify that a little bit. So everybody uh, has a calling. And if they follow that calling, it leads to fulfillment. So as an example, right now, I'm completely fulfilled. And most of my day, I'm completely fulfilled, meaning I have a joy in what I do. And that didn't just happen by accident. I'm not doing all these things that I enjoy doing by accident. I worked out at a young age what I love to do, what my mission was, and therefore I only did that and I didn't do anything else. So once we can find out what's in us that needs to be fulfilled and we do that, well, obviously that just leads to a far superior and happier life. And I'll just bring this to me and just say that if I died tomorrow, I'd feel so satisfied with pretty much everything that I have done because I've lived my life based on my callings. Now, for the most part, I'd say a fair percentage of the people don't live that way. They grow up in fear. They grow up with parents that uh, are also fearful. And the whole concept is to get security, get a job. Um, and I've got nothing against that, by the way. Um, but if, if 
if you are driven by security, safety, and to get a job as a young person, you're not going to ask yourself things like, oh, what matters to me? What, what, what gives me juice? What gives me excitement? What do I love to do? What am I uniquely suited for? Um, which are the kind of questions that lead you to identifying your life path or, or your life purpose. And so what we live in is a world now where people are deeply unhappy doing work that's meaningless to them, that they hate, that they're not suited for. Um, <laughs> and that leads to health issues, that leads to relationship issues, that just leads to all sorts of challenges and issues for people. And just before I come back to you, Steve, when we're working with our, our business owner clients, you know, our job is to get them into their purpose and passion and into alignment, doing what they're here to do. And we delegate everything out to those uh, that are more suited to the tasks that aren't in alignment with that business owner. And so we start to create happy, high performing cultures when we think that way. Okay. Brian, you see us doing that all the time because you're part and parcel of that. Just quickly, oh, it's Brian. It's our yeah. duty and, and, you know, that's why people come to us. Yeah, absolutely. What difference does it make quickly, Brian, when teams are all in their sweet spot doing what they love, where the person who loves working on spreadsheets, which I want to kill myself, try to work on spreadsheets day in, day out. <laughs> But they're, they're, you've got people working on spreadsheets that love working on spreadsheets. You've got people making sales and communicating and love making sales. What difference does it make to a team culture, Brian? Oh, it's, it's joyful, Perry, and productive. And people, people in their happy place are, are going to strive and they're going to contribute to that team culture every single hour of the day. That's right. That's right. You got you got everyone in their happy place doing what they're designed to do. Performance just goes through the roof, and we've got happy cultures. Okay, so Steve, then mm. okay, I'm I'm okay. I'm going to ask you a question. I've sort of already arrived at an answer. Where it's funny, Brian and I were working with a client today in. A different space, but very much a, a people helping space. And we work with him around his ideal client and sort of gave him a real breakthrough and understanding about how to build his business. And I think we're going to go there with you. Um, but before just going to that, I'm going to just ask you a couple of questions. What? Okay, so if you are running a business, getting people into their calling, the first challenge with that is how do you do it in mass so it doesn't rely on you? Mm. Or, okay, and Steve, just park that. You stay thinking about that because I'm just going to address any audience that's listening or watching at the moment. Okay. Sure. In the business models are very, all, all business models are different, but some business models can only trap you. So when you trade time for money as your only source of income as a business owner, you're trapped, meaning you've only got 30 hours a week that you can work with clients, probably less than that because to run your business also takes about 15 to 20 hours. So, you know, and the, the moment you might get 
35 hours worth of clients, your marketing stops, your, your, your business slows down and suddenly you finish those clients and your marketing hasn't happened. And so you're rushing back out trying to get more clients. And then when you get clients, a client sort of, uh, you know, you take them on and, and you suddenly become a roadblock to your business growth. And oftentimes in one-to-one -one models, that there's not enough scope of profit in that type of business model to employ other people to do things. So when we've got mm. unlimited scale and what, what's a, uh, what's unlimited scale. Okay. So if I sold an ebook for $10, 2 million people could download that in the next five minutes or 10 million people could download that in the next five minutes or 30 million people could download that in the next five minutes. So that means there's, uh, unlimited scale in that business model. Now, not only does that business model of a $10 ebook have unlimited scale, it has total passivity. That means that the, that I could write that ebook, sell it for $10 um, a million times over and never have to do any other work than what I did to write the book and set it up and, ha and have the marketing working and we would always go to automate our marketing. So this is just conceptual. You get that, Steve, don't you? There's unlimited yeah. scale and passivity. That's a good business model. Now, just add one other thing here. If you um, uh, have unlimited scale and passivity and continuity, it means that you get paid for something many times over. So think about services like uh, the zero accounting package or Dropbox, where there are subscription fees. And so the software is built out. There's always gonna be a team tweaking and improving the software. Once it's built out, uh, most software has unlimited scale, scalability, and then it's mostly, passive apart from your techie team and then you're paying monthly subscriptions it's almost the ideal money-making model that allows you to go and uh, go and live a good life right so you get that Steve mm. yeah so yeah. Back to that yeah. question so how do you bring it back to your mission because you want to empower people to be in their calling mm. How do you do that in a way that you aren't tying yourself up? Yeah, so I've obviously been giving this some thought and everything you just mentioned has been sort of, you know, I've been I've been with with these strategies and well with you know with your learnings for quite some time now as well. So I'm thinking about obviously at this stage I'm gonna have to do some legwork and so what's the best bang for buck? in terms of like reaching more people and so my current thinking is to develop um speeches and speaking gigs pointing that um so to, to basically to, to hook people in with inspirational talks yep. and then lead that onto my my website and then creating a funnel from the website to my online program which is Again, that, the idea of that passivity space. So that's kind of, I think my first space is to um, 
you know, get into the, the, the speaking market again, because that works on one of my strengths of enjoying being a performer. Um, but at this stage though, I'm still building the back end. So there's not a lot of point me going out and doing that until there's somewhere to point everybody to go to. Oh, I, I agree with you. I like your thinking. Um, I can tell a little bit of your reservation because it's new to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to help you refine a couple of things and give you some things to think about. So I, I, I don't disagree with your approach in the slightest little bit. Um, mm. uh, okay. So, you know, that makes sense. I, I, I'm probably going to go sideways for a little bit because... Mm -hmm. The biggest challenge, so as I said, everything you said makes sense. Yep. And, and just for the audience, just to simplify things, when Steve goes out and teaches, there's scalability in that. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that Steve can put a room full of 100 people, 20 people, 80 people, 1,000 people, and he is able to do that uh, talk. And that means that for his two hours or, or his hour and a half or his hour talk, he's able to reach 80 people, 100 people, 1,000 people. It's what we call one to the many. That's better than one-on-one, mm. -on -one, isn't it? Right, when you start to look at this yeah. from a scalability perspective. But not only that, when he speaks in public, Everyone sees that he is an expert because he is. He's very good at what he does. And so they, that, that helps him with the know, like, and, and trust me aspect. And the other thing that, that um, Steve can do is he can record those talks or some of them and he can sell them as physical products. Or secondly, he can turn them into online masterclasses or webinars, they're just, they're just master class. <laughs> webinars are now called master classes because webinars were, were per se, uh, are per se now, you know. <laughs> um, so that's a new way of calling it. But you can see that you're able to, to, again, duplicate speaking in public and then use it in your online conversion funnel as well. Okay, so that's mm, yeah. a smart use for leveraging of time. What you don't, understand i've got bait screaming babies just in my ear at the moment um <laughs> not mine <laughs> <laughs> luckily <laughs> mine, are, mine are men now um, <laughs> um i'm going to just take you sideways for a second i'm going to ask you a question sure. who can most use what you have to offer yep so my, my, I've been thinking about my target market and that, that does swing depending on the, uh, the slant that I put on my, my, my offering. But I'm currently, I think that my best market is 40 to 55 year olds um, that essentially have, you know, life, you know, how life, you see, a lot of people put the car into gear and off they go and they find themselves kind of like the midlife crisis-y sort of space. But um, around that sort of point, you, you're starting to think slightly about your, um, um, 
the fact that you're going to die one day and are you really did you really end up doing what you wanted to do or did you just do what your parents told you or what you thought to do so essentially i'm looking and then hopefully they've got a bit of money to spend as well so that's the kind of market i'm looking for so a mature person um that that is that is looking for you know to live out their calling in their life while they still can and also looking for the health benefits that i can offer them with the qigong steve I'm, I'm really pleased that you're thinking along those lines. Okay, I'm Good. really pleased, okay. So I'm, I'm quickly going to tell you that the success of your business um, only relates to the conversation that we're actually having now. So it's easy enough to build out uh, products, it's easy enough to build out courses, it's easy enough to build out your business model, but if you don't mm. concentrate and get this part right, nothing else will work so well done in understanding that and um i think that's a decent uh, target market i'm going to extend on that a little bit there's another target market that i would like you to look at um and i'm just going to go sideways and engage brian for a second because we work with a client today um so brian will just kind of share that because this is vitally important for steve to hear so uh, today we work with uh, actually an old friend of mine, someone that I, I really like, I really enjoy, and they turned up for a strategy session. And they are, they're very gifted at um, highly trained naturopath, uh, spent 30, 40 years developing their own healing protocols and just incredible. I've seen them work miracles with people but mm. they're generalists so in generalists people come to them for getting candida dealt with bad backs dealt with and uh you know some heart problems dealt with and and so their sort of website represents this real general generalist appeal does that make sense mm. now he wants to well the, the the couple want to lift their game and they've come to us uh, smartly because they mm -hmm. want to make good money and they're sick of working with clients that they perceive or not that they, they perceive they know can't give them what they want okay so as an example mm. just watch this brian how dedicated are you to high to 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 being fit and really healthy and well 100 percent, Perry. yeah and and what do you what 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 are you willing to spend to to achieve that? Whatever it takes, because I I had an event um, probably a little bit over a year ago that scared the living daylights out of me. Right, right. I'm not I mean, mm. <laughs> not great that you had that, but you know, great. This is a great, <laughs> oh, great no, no, look, honestly, it was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of people will ignore the symptoms to their peril. Correct. Okay. So did you just hear what, what Brian said, Steve? Like he's willing to pay the money to, to, yep. okay. So we would consider him an A client. He's an A client because Absolutely. yeah, he wants the outcome and he will get the money to do, to, to, to back that value of having what we call high level wellness. The gentleman I was talking to today, or the couple that we were talking to today, the wellness practitioner, 
their clients turn up when they're sick. And the moment they're well, they disappear and they won't follow the protocols, not long-term. Yep. Okay. Now, these people lack a lot of self-love. So they, they don't care about themselves. So they don't look after themselves or they've got in such a precarious financial situation that they can't look after themselves and they can't do what they want. And they're not willing to turn their monetary life around to uh, get the money to look after their health. Yep. Makes sense. Mm. So they're, they're declined. Yep. Okay. So Brian is what we call a high need, high value client. Now, Brian's a businessman. So as a businessman, Brian, why is high level wealth important to you? I expect high level, sorry, sorry, I said high level wealth, and I hope that's important. <clears throat> high level health is important to you. Look, I, I expect that of the people that we're working with, Perry, um, that they're functional, they're motivated, they're fit and energetic for the sessions that we need to have with them. So if I'm going to give my best to everybody who comes into my life, um, I owe myself that and to my family as well. Do you, you, you hear that, mm. Steve? Mm, absolutely, yeah. Right, right. Awesome. So what we explained to this wellness practitioner, we said the same question we asked you, who really needs, who, who will really need and value what you have to offer? And the guy's smart enough, he said a business person. And I said, yes, mm. because... Business people, from a health perspective, um, first of all, if you're in business and you haven't learned to manage your emotions and you haven't learned to meditate and you, you um, haven't dealt with your traumas or undermining belief systems, you mm. will be in emotional states that impact your body. Uh, adrenal burnout is big for business owners. Um, and all that affects their ability to run their businesses effectively and properly yep. and make good quality decisions. So the moment, so, so we've got him pivoting and taking what he's got and, and purely bringing it to business owners. His entire website is all about being a specialist health practitioner to business owners so they can perform better. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Now yep. he's in his early days with us, but if he follows that through, I know for a fact, for a fact, he will do extremely well as a result of that because mm. we, to be quite honest it's a fairly untapped space because most wellness practitioners aren't smart business people okay um mm. they're really mm. good at what they do yeah you get me i just want to say something at this stage i've just come out of um doing some kind of mediation work with with a with a organization and dealing directly with the CEO and a couple of a couple of staff members. Yep. Um, but what came out of that, apart from the fact that, you know, I was able to create magic and make everything disappear. Thanks to um, just a little plug to um, ignite coaching, just using the four main personality types was just an aha moment for the whole team that yeah. that's made everything go away. So if anybody doesn't know about that, they should definitely check out um, this guy called Perry Mod on stuff. Anyway, a um, little bit of a plug, but it was a fantastic work. But the, the thing that's um, relevant here is that the CEO um, is exactly the character you're talking about, heading to burnout, making rash decisions because they're working too hard. And when I was starting to talk about meditation, he piped up and said exactly that, you know, he, that's exactly what he needs to learn. So if I was to really sort of what I've got written down here in terms of my target market, 
if I was to read the whole thing, is 40 to sort of 55-year-old, mainly male, because, you know, I'm a man myself, but CEOs or business owners are really who I'm looking to sort of target. I'm after, the, I'm after people that are already in a leadership position because this is about self-leadership and leading, you know, your, your daily routines and your daily activities to move forward. Great. Well, that, that makes sense. And by the way, thank you for the plug. And for those that want to do a personality profile so you can work out your strengths and weaknesses and also help you understand your alignment, just go to www.businessdnaindicator.com. That's www.businessdnaindicator.com. And uh, I was smiling when you shared that, um, Steve, because Brian will tell you the same thing. He loves it. He, he, he uses it as well. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's magic. It's magic. Yeah, we, we use it to build our teams out. Like, um, <laughs> but mm. I'm not supposed to do this in the show, but Brian, by the way, you're, you're going to be working with that tomorrow with um, uh, starting to work with that with the uh, Emma and co. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about that afterwards, but I won't be there. Um, I'm going to be doing some other things. You're on, on board with them tomorrow. Um, uh, okay. So... What I would like you, I'm, I'm going to give you another target market, so I'm not off what you've said, but mm. I think it needs some refining, and I'll, I'll come back to why. Yep. Okay. So if we come back to the calling, you know, getting in your calling, getting in your purpose, and getting in your mission, mm. finding out what you really love to do, there is a female, let's talk about uh, a lot of women when they're in their 40s, late 40s into early 50s. Okay. Yeah. That's a transitional stage. Now, at that stage, um, uh, children are leaving home. Mm -hmm. And when children leave home, <laughs> those of us that have, have been married for a long time, what's it like when children leave home for the, for, for the ladies, for a lot of ladies? Brian, what's your experience when the children go? How's, how's your wife with that? Uh, look, it was one of the worst experiences in our family. I've got two daughters, my eldest is 25, my youngest is 22. You know, and for me, I missed her every day. Every day she wasn't there. Um, the separation from her and her mum and, and the family unit, it is actually quite traumatic from a parent's point of view. Yeah. Have we done enough? Is she okay? You know, we know mm. all these things are okay, but there is a natural anxiety there that is explainable, but hard to comprehend. And did, mm. did, did Robin experience a loss of identity? So what happens? Yeah, yeah she did. Yep. Yeah, we, we, had to, we had to look at uh, our relationships. Uh, when Katie finally left, um, and she's not far away from us, by the way, there's a whole new chapter in our lives where we're sitting here by ourselves. Yeah. So for, for this female target market, what happens is children leaving home, they've, been, they've lived in the mother role. They've often been doing work that they don't really like part-time often, or they're running businesses and being mums. And the children leaving home, and another thing happens at that point in time, kind of like the midlife crisis for the male, there's a menopause. And in the menopause, mm. there's another loss of identity. Okay? So mm. at, in a similar way that you were targeting, targeting 
males that have um, that are going through a midlife crisis. Um, uh, this this female marketplace is a really good quality marketplace because they need your services at that point of time. Now, mm. okay. Now I just want to go somewhere cause I can tell, um, and we'll probably close off with this and we're going to get back together in another couple of days and we'll record another show. Cause there's more I want to go through with you. If you're okay with mm. that, Steve, yeah. Cause as for I said, sure. For sure. I want to be able to do yep. this and help you not make mistakes use use our expertise and experience to not make mistakes and to be able to build a business that gives you time freedom that's what we do with our clients right that's what i want, <laughs> we want you to be able to go and have lots of fun and live a passionate life and do some of the things that i like to do um spend a lot of time outside doing sports and all that sort of stuff and we don't want you working all the time you need time off and money to do that that's why we want you to build that's a right. business model. okay so um I could tell from what you said when you started to, to talk about the business person, you talked about the midlife crisis, you talked about the leadership space. Yeah. You need greater clarity about the person's problem. Okay. And at this point, you're sort of looking at quite a few problems they may be having. Now you'll yeah. get where I'm going with this in a second. Um, so the leadership person, you know, they're not on their purpose. The, the business owner is not on their purpose. They're stressed and run down and they don't know how to meditate. Right? Okay. Yeah. You know, they're having a bit of a midlife crisis. There's too many things there. Mm -hmm. okay, now, I'll explain that. this, okay? Mm. We, when you were a teenager, did you ever have pimples? Uh, I was pretty lucky, but yeah, a few. Okay. So when a teenager has pimples, Brian, does any of your kids have pimples? No, uh, they're genetically blessed, Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no wonder, you, <laughs> no wonder you were you, you were Donis. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay. So, so um, when a teenager, let's say a young man, quite no young girl, will be the same. When a teenager has pimples, say at 14, 15, 16, how do they feel? Mm. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Embarrassed. Embarrassed. Yeah. And and it coincides with them having a, an upshot of what in their bodies? <laughs> yeah, the sexual energy, testosterone, estrogen. The sexual energy. Stuff. You're looking at the opposite sex. Oh, I want to go playing. I want to go have some fun. But I've got all these things over my yeah. face, right? Now. Yeah. Okay. So that's one big problem they have. Now, we live in a world now where, where everyone's advertising everything. And in the old days, my dad... He would read the, 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 the newspaper and Brian, because you're from there, he was reading the press. Yep. Right? Now, when my dad read the press, he could tell me what ads were on those pages because there weren't a lot of ads. He could tell me the ads. He would see the ads. Um, by the time my dad died, he wouldn't see the ads because there were so many ads on the page that his brain started to block out ads. And have you gentlemen notice that you can look at a website and you know there's banner ads there but you don't even see it right you're excluding them yeah right yeah okay but there's a thing for the reticular activating system and the reticular mm. activating system if you've got pimples and you're a you're a kid and you're reading the cartoons 
it will notice the ad that talks about healing or pimple problems and you'll be drawn to it. It'll be an unconscious mechanism. Does that make sense to you, Steve? Yes, yes. Right, okay. So this simplicity of problem to advert and promising to deal with that one problem is also one that takes out all confusion. There's nothing confusing about the message. If you've got pimples, we have the formula that can guarantee to solve them. Can you see that's a simple match? Yep, yep. Okay. I can see that. Okay, so you can already tell you were not looking at simple matches. So one of the yep. things I want you to work on before we get together next time is to define one core problem in this, if we go with a business person, the one core problem that you will solve for them. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. yeah. Now, what this will do is bring in simplicity. So I'm just going to quickly share this before we, 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 we go. Let's just say it's stress. Okay, let's just imagine you, you solve um, uh, business owners and executive stress. Okay, and through solving mm -hmm. stress, you help improve their performance. Okay, does that make sense? Yep, yep. And, and then underneath that, you can also say that that will have a knock on, a positive impact on your family relationships, on your health. You get this? Yep. The, focusing on the one problem and being the expert that solves that problem creates a simplicity in messaging and it cuts through any confusion and the person reading that ad is not getting confused. They start to perceive you as an expert in this one thing. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now when you're doing that, if you've got a high need, high value avatar, meaning they really want that outcome because they, there's too much pain, if they don't, so business owner, I can't, I can't live in this stress anymore. It's ruining my health, through my decision making, I have yeah. to do something. Oh, here's this expert that only does that, get me? Yep. Right, nothing else confusing to them. That's when you start to position yourself as an expert to one core problem, and then all marketing messages can move around that one core problem. Okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, you have other things that you want to do with your clients, right? You've got other product offerings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You don't mention those things up front. You don't mention those things in your marketing. Because if you do, mm -hmm. suddenly you are not an expert that solves this one problem. Yeah. Okay. You now start to become a generalist. Your marketing messages start to mix. They don't hit your target market in the way that you need those messages to hit your target market. Am I being clear? Yep. You're diluting your offer, aren't you? You're diluting your offer. Okay. So as an example... Mm. We, we only go out into the marketplace with this one direction, this, this problem we solve. But once people join and work with us and they're on our database, we run relationship workshops. We've done all sorts of things, and you've seen us do that. We've run all sorts of things behind mm. the scenes. But at that point, we have solved people's core problems. We know we're an expert, and we can start to stack the other stuff in behind. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. If you don't do that, you'll be in trouble, I promise you, because your, your marketing will lack clarity. 
<laughs> You've just done my homework for me, which is great. Good, 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 good. Okay. <laughs> Brian, anything you want to say before we go? I get in trouble when I run these shows too much from my team. because uh, Yeah, look, yeah. Um, in all of this business stuff, people need to know that it will overflow into their general life. Yeah. There is a dual benefit in this that um, I don't think people are even aware of. Yeah. Mm. And not. That's what, what Brian said is correct. When you just say, I'm dealing mm. with a, a business owner's stress and they're helping you de-stress, the, the impacts to every other area of their life is insane, but that comes off the one selling point, the one problem that they're identifying. And then you're able to extrapolate the benefits of solving that problem. So you're able to make a really compelling sales argument for why they need to come and see you speak. Okay. Mm. I mm. hope that's helped you. I hope everyone got a lot from today's show. We love doing this work. Brian, you're a really passionate person who likes to help people in business solve their problems. You enjoy it, don't you, Brian? I love it. Yeah, fun. Mm. You're in your happy place too. Um, so for those of you that are watching, if you want a little bit of a breakthrough, come and do a strategy session uh, with me and Brian. We'll work with you together um, and you're guaranteed. <laughs> you're guaranteed heaps of insight and breakthroughs. Um, you get to see how we work, but we'll solve some immense business problems for you and quite quickly with the two of us working with you. So go to the website, uh, perrymalden.com and uh, come do a strategy session. And Steve, we will get back to you and let's keep this a rolling so uh, we can all learn from it. Love it. Go. Thank you very much. And I hope, I know everyone will be getting heaps from this because I have. Yeah. 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 Thanks everyone.